Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Gemma. Oh, yes. Hello, welcome to Ten Backwards, a UK-based podcast talking all about Star Trek. And this episode is hosted by myself, Rick Everson, this lady, Gemma Turland. Hi. Uh, this man, Will Turland. Hello. And this man, Rick Palmer. Hi there. <laughs> and you may you may be aware if you're a long time listener that we recently had our hundredth episode where we interviewed several people from Trek Podcasting um, about why they podcast, why they talk about Star Trek. The um, the conversations we had were long and fantastic, but we couldn't put them all into that hundredth episode because it would have been gigantic. So um, what we decided to do was release the individual full interviews so you could get a uh, you could get to listen to them in their entirety. And in this one, we talked to Jen Tift and Ross Webster of the amazing Snap Trek podcast. Enjoy. Hello there. I'm Ross. I'm Jen. <laughs> Uh, we host a podcast called Snap Trek, which is uh, a sort of a competition podcast where we compare two episodes of Star Trek with each other. And we we also write um, Star Trek poems of variable quality, I would say. <laughs> no, that's not true. The, the poems are of exquisite quality, and you're lucky to hear them. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Mostly Ross's poems. <laughs> no, that's not true. The poems are getting better and better. Oh, In fact, that's yeah. the bit I look forward to the most. <laughs> they are fun to write. And we compare the episodes using like just a bunch of categories. So we select two episodes that have a similar theme, um, and then we sort of draw some categories out of those episodes and decide between us which ones work the best. And then we we choose an answer for the category. So it could be best alien ship or, you know, most horrifying moment or best line. And then we pick the bit which we think is the best and have a big chat about it. And it's great fun. <laughs> what kind of inspired you to, to start making Snapchat? What was the What was the kind of idea behind it? <laughs> well, well Ross, Ross came up with the idea first. He made a tweet about you know just a, just a just a a broad idea for how about how about how about this for a podcast um and and i i read it i was like ooh, that sounds like a really good idea so i you know i messaged him are you serious about this <laughs> would you be interested in actually doing this because <laughs> i would be and we just kind of went from there yeah and we sort of jen and i refined the idea and made it into something we thought would work and figured out a like a a, a setup, a setup for it. So, like the beginning, the middle, and the end, and sort of refining it ever since. And yeah, and just really enjoying doing it. Mm-hmm. Just super fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when about in your process did the poems come in? Yeah, I think- well, pre- pretty early, I think. Right, because we we knew, you know, well, if you're listening to a podcast <laughs> that gets this deep into Star Trek, you probably know. A, you know the episodes that we're discussing um but you know just to to just to refresh so we didn't want to like spend a lot of time 
in, in each episode, you know, recapping what happens, you know, we figured you're a little bit familiar. So we thought, but we should still maybe talk about the episodes a little bit. So we thought, what's well, a fun way to do that? <laughs> and I think it's started out a potential category idea. Even we were talking about what categories yeah. we could do. And then lyrical recap was a category idea. And with like, actually, that's, right. that's yeah. a better way of doing it. Well, that's how we'll introduce the episode, lyrical recaps for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, they're, they're a lot of fun. They they, it, it's fun to, um, to think about an episode in that way, you know, like, cause it's a different way that it's, it's a different part of my brain than I usually use when I'm watching Star Trek, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta try to find a, find an angle that gets to the, to the heart of it, which isn't, you know, something that I usually, my brain usually doesn't, usually doesn't go there. <laughs> it's a lot of fun for me to write those. Um, have you found at all that the, the way you do the podcast has changed sort of in the doing of it? Is that, have you sort of picked up so certain things about how to, do the podcast in a way that um, sort of improves on the idea, like that learning by experience, or, or did you find that the format that you started off with has has just always served you well from the get go? The format hasn't changed too much in sort of the you know where we introduce the episode, we have the poems, we do the categories. Sometimes we thought about other ways we could maybe alter it by having. Sometimes we do like categories we could have won at the end and that's a bit inconsistent i think the main thing that changed is how how different it sounds because jen edits the episodes and adds in all these sound effects and puts in little clips here and there and we've really sort of thought about you know what do we say in an introduction what do we say in a goodbye and i think it sounds a bit more polished And i think this has came from listening to other star trek podcasts and thinking these sound really great we, it'd be good for us to sound a bit more professional and try and do things uh, as well as the other podcasts we're listening to do. Yeah, it was a steep learning curve yeah. <laughs> in the mm. beginning. <laughs> you know, learning how to, because I'd never done any editing or anything like that or, or recording or, you know, even just the quality of our of our audio and things like that. And then learning how to, like you said, add the sound effects from the sh- actual shows and and uh, it was a steep learning curve, but I, I think we're we're a little bit more refined now than we than we were definitely in the beginning. <laughs> cool. What um, what editing software do you use? Just out of interest. Oh, I just use Audacity. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> it's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's one of the main things about a, a podcast. It's like how cheaply can you do it right you know (laughs) but also that's one of the great things about a podcast because you can you can basically if you've got a microphone and a laptop you can basically just just do it and a pocket full of dreams (laughs) 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 and a a dash of moxie that's (laughs) (laughs) um i think i think moxie still exists isn't it that's an old-fashioned term i think but i like to think moxie's still there (laughs) i think it's nice to do because it's podcasts work so well and everybody wants to do them because they are just having a chat aren't they and they're talking about something well, for me it was talking about something that i never really got to talk to people about 
Right. You know, I always think of those those memes on the internet where it's like, don't talk about Star Trek. Something's happening. Don't talk about Star Trek. <laughs> don't bring up Star Trek to people at work. They do not want to know about Star Trek. They're not interested in your opinion. They don't realize how similar this is to an episode of Star Trek you watched the other day. So let's just not talk about it. So it's nice to have the opportunity to actually talk about Star Trek and sort of have an excuse to do it. Oh, we're making a podcast about Star Trek. It's my excuse to talk about Star Trek, which is... <laughs> Kind of perfect. So the people at my work don't want to hear about Star That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hear about Star Trek. And That's why they don't... I don't get invited to the Christmas do. <laughs> and I've got the Star Trek Christmas jumper to wear this year as well. And none of them are going to appreciate that jumper. It's just, we will appreciate it, Ross. Absolutely. Send us all a picture of you and your Christmas jumper and we will Christmas Day is going it. along. <laughs> um, that kind of touches on uh, my next question is why 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 have all subjects to podcast about why star trek well it's my favorite thing to talk about <laughs> like, ross, like ross said you know it, it'd be i would love to just be, be able to talk about it all day to everyone but um you know they're like you said not everyone's going to be as interested in getting into the you know, minutia of every episode of Star Trek ever. Um, and I get to indulge that here uh, with, you know, with other people who feel the same way I do and like to talk about all that stuff. And it's just great fun. It's, it's the same sort of reason I set up a Star Trek Twitter account. Yeah. You know, I, I had a Twitter account where I'd had my friends and my family and some work colleagues on. And I'd make Star Trek jokes and no one would respond. I'm like, I need to, I need to find more Star Trek people to talk to. Like, I'm like, and they were getting, you could see it was like, I was doing it. I was just talking about Star Trek too much. It's like, I'll go to a place where nobody minds. It's the Twitter. It's the cheers of, of uh, Star Trek conversation. Um, I like that. That's why I set up a specific Star Trek Twitter account, which very rapidly became the only account I use. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't need to talk to those guys. <laughs> Star Trek Twitter is almost like this mythical land that we all dreamt about as children where you could just right. go and talk about Star Trek all flipping day and everyone else was into it. And it's happened. It has happened. And have you found that as a direct result of doing the podcast that you have sort of kind of met more people who want to talk about Star Trek? I think it's the podcast and being on Twitter and going to conventions and maybe all three of those things sort of geeing up the other and buoying each other up. So I've you know, I met you guys at DST and I wouldn't have spoken to Jen unless I'd been on Twitter. Um, and sort of one leads to the other and sort of at each step your excitement increases a bit more and it doesn't hurt that there's new Star Trek on TV. And there's always something new to talk about right. because for quite a long time I was on Twitter and we were just mining old episodes and, you know, making jokes about what happened to Picard in series two of TNG. But now we've got masses of new stuff to talk about. You can talk about old, you can talk about the new mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the fun things about Snapchat too, is we could compare and like, we're going to, our next episode coming up is going to be comparing an episode of the original series to an episode of discovery and, you know, can combine everything and there's so much to talk about um yeah and and just great people in the podcast community and on twitter and and it, it's you know they wouldn't have ever gotten to uh to get to know otherwise so it's wonderful 
with um with your episodes of your podcast using a comparison um what do you think of the similarities across star trek series what are the things that they all sort of share do you think Mm, that's a good question yeah i i mean i I think all of star trek shares the same ethos of i mean of course idic i think that's the the framework for for everything and um and i think i think whatever incarnation of star trek you're watching you're going to see that um you're gonna see that that respect for diversity and for you know and and for just looking looking into the future but also looking at who we are now and and how we're all connected and and should and should be now you know like the, the federation is obviously something to strive for but it's also there are things we could do now that's you know? it yeah. it's it's not it's not just a science fiction show that's telling you know a sci-fi story and i do love that about star trek when they explore something that's just super weird and you'd never have thought of that and then they come up with a solution which you would never have thought of either but it's just perfect that's mm-hmm. great but star trek really is and this is what is common across all this series it's a vision of the future which you can strive towards it's not just science fiction that tells a story it sort of has a purpose and yeah it's much more self it's much more reflective of society now isn't it and discovery is doing a great job of being super representative because that's what we need that's what we need in society right now we should have had this you know and now we've got it and it's it's showing us where we need to go a vision of what's going to happen in the future and it's always the kind of place you'd want to end up you know there's never a there's never a star trek you think they they've got it bad well maybe deep space 9 had it pretty bad <laughs> they they had it bad in voyager for quite a long time as well they had a whole year of hell in voyager but, but even not in a times, good place to go yeah and even in times of of you know in the, in the bad times in the future, they still carry that same, that same ethos inside, you know, and, and, and how, how you react, there's good times and bad times and how you react. There's a Star Trek way to react to those times, no matter what times they are. Yeah. And And it's, it's, you you associate that with the right way of doing something. You think if, you know, you know that somebody in Starfleet would do the right thing and you have to think about you might have to think about what the right thing is or you might think about how you navigate the scenario but you know what they're trying to do is the right thing mm-hmm. and that's it's good to see it's good to see that kind of positivity and that kind of you know forward progression and humanity is out there among the stars but still trying to still trying to improve and do what's best even in the face of a really unusual or tough situation Unless they're a really sinister uh, sort of TNG era admiral. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, they have a secret plan and they're trying to subvert the noble cause of the Federation by creating a starship with a cloaking device or de aging, uh, you know, all that stuff. There's always going to be bad guys. There's always going to be bad, bad morals and other assorted bad guys, but it's how you react to them. 
Um, and another thing Star Trek does well too is 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 the shades of gray. Sometimes there are bad guys and good guys. Sometimes there's no clear cut mm. answer like that. And you know, and I and I think it, even when there's no clear cut answer like that, Star Trek is still always coming from that same place of of striving for its its certain ideals. You know. I, I really like the episodes of Star Trek where um, there, there isn't a clear kind of right or wrong yeah. answer at the end. Like there's a, it's going off topic a little bit, I guess. There's an episode of uh, Enterprise. Is it called, is it called Dear Doctor? Mm-hmm. Where um, there's a really difficult oh, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. ethical decision to make. Um, and it it just isn't, it isn't clear cut at all. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just yeah, it's, it's really interesting, and I, I I like it when Star Trek does that. And isn't that the best when Star Trek poses you a question? I often say this about Tuvix. Yes. Only Star yeah. Trek could make the episode Tuvix because it takes a Star Trek scenario which is beaming, creates a, takes a Star Trek trope which is transporter accident, and it creates a problem which, even after twenty five years we have not wrapped our head around and decided what is right and wrong about that scenario. (laughs) And that we're still, you know, what, every two weeks on Twitter, somebody's talking about whether Janeway murdered Tuvix or not. (laughs) It's crazy. I do. I like, I like watching an episode where I just think, Oh, glad I don't have to make that decision. Yeah. (laughs) And and the dear doctor, was it dear doctor? That was, that's a great example of it too, because how how could anyone make that decision? Flox wrestles with it, and then Archer yeah. at the end just abdicates it. It's like, we just won't do anything. We'll pretend we didn't even know. And <laughs> yeah. uh, is that the right thing to do? Is there another super solution that could be done? I don't know. Nothing practical they could do. Yeah, I mean, that's the best moments when you're able to go on and just sort of debate the ultimate ending and sort of say, well, should they have done that? Is this right? I, I know we had a fierce debate one episode, I think uh, the, the episode of TNG with Roga Dana. Mm. Uh, we, we, um, I think it was mainly me and Rick, we felt very differently about Picard's decision to just turn around and leave the, uh, the planet to sort their own problems out before they could be considered for Federation membership. But it's, it's awesome that an episode can end like that and just leave you uh, in com- Sort of in, in two minds, what what was the ultimate correct decision? And me and Rick had very opposing view, views on that. Uh, but it's great to have that sort of scenario from the episode. I think they most recently did it in, or the most recent time I remember it is in um, the Discovery episode, Sound of Thunder, when they decided to hyper-evolve all the Kelpians or, you know, yeah. get them past their Vara High. And I thought that, because they, they did it in like the space of like five minutes. They realised they could do it, and then they did it. And I thought that could be an entire episode of Star Trek, that idea. Here, we've got a problem. One sentient species is eating another, and we found out that they've done this because previously the eaten species was the eating species. I phrased that very badly, but I think you get what I mean. <laughs> um, and, oh, my God, how to wrap your mind? What What would you do? So we can evolve all the Kelpians, but what does that mean for the bowl? So by the end of series two, have the Kelpians eaten all the bowl? Do we? Is that okay? Are we all happy with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember feeling very uncomfortable about the Prime Directive 
situation in the episode and be like, mm, not really sure that's entirely in spirit of the Prime Directive. Is it yeah. like? Is it? And does it does it really even solve the problem, or does it just change the problem into something the other way around? You've just flipped the problem around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the one thing I like too is that it, Star Trek never tells you what to think. No. About it, it you know when each and all these examples you, you guys have mentioned, there's never uh, they never preach. There's never a preaching moment at the end where they talk about what the right thing was, you know, it's, they leave it up to you. They give you the tools, you know, to, 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 you know, and wait the tools and ways to think of, of the option to weigh the options, but they never tell you what to think. They, they, they really trust, like they really trust the intelligence of their viewers, you know? Yeah. To pick up on what's really important. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I'm thinking of the ones with, uh, like the ones with Trip in Enterprise, where there's the third gendered species, and you know, there's an intrinsic right, and there's a, well, what's right for them, and I can't remember the name of the episode. Cogenitor. Cogenitor, yeah. but it's just what an impossible scenario to be in, right. and th- there is no right and wrong. There's nothing, nothing you could do which could be objectively the right thing to do. And that, this is why we're still talking about Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never end. There will be, never be <laughs> 10 backward. We'll never run out of <laughs> topics. And Snap Trek will no. never run out of topics to talk <clears throat> about. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. I mean, we, we always have a massive backlist of topics that we haven't right? got to talking about yet. And yeah. it, I just feel like that is one of the great things about um, Star Trek is that you, you, there's so much to talk about. Well, it's because they can do everything, can't they? They can, you know, you got westerns, science fiction, comedy, horror. They do the whole lot. And it's all set on a starship, which is just the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can do a Star Trek in any genre you could think of. Yeah. Most of them they have. Um, so, something we've been asking all our um, interviewees actually is that do you do you have a sort of a favourite um, Trek series and uh, a favourite episode? Yeah, <laughs> a favourite Trek series. I I'm gonna. Str- I don't ever have a favourite Trek series. I'm gonna really struggle with that. I do have a massive soft spot for TNG. And I will, you know, that's the comfort food series that I'll just stick an episode of TNG on and let it play through. And just four episodes later, you know, I better go to bed. Um, I can do the same with Voyager as well because the, all the independent episodes. I'm waiting for this grand rewatch of DS9 I'm about to do because I just think I need to watch that all in order. I can't just pick an episode and let it fly. I need to watch the whole thing from beginning to end. Um I've just done a TOS rewatch and I loved it. I've watched all the animated series. I've watched all the new stuff. No, I don't have a favorite episode. The favorite series, I don't think I could tell you. But my favorite episode is TNG's Parallels because it's it's just that classic sci-fi trope, and they did it really well. Lots of variation of the same of the same dimension, different dimension, wars flipping around. It's super funny. Gets a gets a bit awkward at the end. All resolved in 45 minutes. And they do it really, really well. I like in that episode that um, Worf's 
prize for winning that Batleth tournament is a different type of Christmas pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, um, when he when he wins the, when he wins the sort of lower prize, it is just a Christmas pudding. Um, but the, when he wins first prize, it's like a really fancy Christmas pudding with kind of spikes coming out of it. Yeah, that made me chuckle. But yeah, that episode is great. But it's, there's nothing. There's nothing really mentally taxing about the episode. That's not going to leave you challenged or keep you thinking. That is just a solidly enjoyable sci-fi sci-fi episode, which I never get tired of watching. It did feel like the 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 sort of idea behind it was like, well, how can we just how can we just mess with Worf? For yeah, like forty five minutes. We're going to put him in multiple birthday parties. Just just keep, keep him keep him back in the party, <laughs> which he hates. Yeah, He's all the be- all the best Worf gifts come from that episode as well. Poking his head around, uh, looking at Deanna Troy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat, putting the hat on his head. <laughs> they're, they're that two, one. That one gets they're, me. They're two prime wharf gifts. Oh, and that then the, the picture of him on the shuttle and everything's white and there's multiple wharfs everywhere. <laughs> my favorite I have a I do have a favorite series. My my favorite series is Deep Space Nine, for sure. I love them all, but Deep Space Nine is my favorite. Um but my favorite episode is actually from Voyager. It's Blink of an Eye. It's my favorite episode. Oh, that's a great episode. It I love good one. Yeah, it's a, just a great, it's a great sci-fi idea, and yeah. it's really interesting because it's an episode where the, where Voyager isn't actually in it all that much. It's kind of the, the main subject of the episode, but it's it's not actually. We don't get a lot of time with the Voyager crew in that episode. Yeah, I like how the the people on the planet are kind of Voyager fans, <laughs> same way we are. <laughs> yeah, um, and- yeah. Yeah, and I just I just like the way it speaks to, you know, scientific curiosity in general, and and how we evolve, and and just the hopefulness in that. And I really just love it. I love everything about that episode. Awesome! It is a great episode, and Voyage does those like really solid highbrow sci-fi concepts really well. Yeah, that's one of Voyager's specialties. I think is, mm. is taking those those high concepts and and really w- run wild with them. So going back to the um, going back to the poems, um, tell why all my questions are fixated on your poetry. Um, <laughs> but um, one of the one of the awesome things is from that. Um, obviously, a lot of people on Twitter will throw their own poems in. You occasionally have guests and they contribute. Are you, um, are you did, did you kind of expect the, the, the level of reaction and the, the outpouring of creativity that people have shown uh, in, response, <clears throat> in, in response to your lyrical recaps? I think the Twitter community is it's quite an intelligent community and they do have a lot to say and they're very eloquent and they're very funny. I, it is very pleasing when somebody throws out like a really funny limerick or a really some of the recaps to like recap a Star Trek episode in five lines and make it rhyme and have a funny ending. That's a skill. And I absolutely love reading them when they come through. And we do occasionally read them out in the episode, but we definitely should, thinking back to the format structural changes we might have to make, we definitely need to read out more of these poems that come through because they are really good. 
Yeah, we should have a regular poetry corner yes. <laughs> segment. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm so, always so thrilled when I see Star Trek poetry on Twitter. Uh, I, th- I always just think, yep, these are my people. Yes. <laughs> you know? they, they, they think the same way I do. And, and it's just it's just so, so much fun. And, and the puns. On, on Twitter, you know, everyone's very, Star Trek Twitter is very punny too, which I always enjoy. And it's Another thing that people at work really hate, but you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or just, don't, or just don't get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You should do, um, for the next DST, I think we should have like a, like a poetry stage or something. I think that oh could... my goodness. Yeah. I, I really thought they should have a podcasting booth and just get <laughs> podcasters there. To re- like, because you guys did a great. You did your uh, fight episode, yeah, and that was great. Right. It was very funny to watch. Um, but you know, obviously, the the sound, you know, so loud in DST, you can just hear everything that's going on. But they could have had a booth. You guys could have done a podcasting episode. Everyone could watch it outside. We've had loads of podcasters there. It's been great fun. Yeah, yeah, that that's a really good idea. A Star Trek's poetry slam would be great too. <laughs> I would <laughs> love to true. see that. <laughs> no, I had a I had a very a very sad relationship with Star Trek related poetry, which you've kind of redeemed for me because um, um, when I was when I was much younger in school, I mm-hmm. um, in, in in English class, I uh, we were tasked to write a poem, and the subject that was preeminent on my mind at the time was the recent news that the next generation was to come to an end. Oh. And that was the subject of my poem. Um, and um, sadly, it was put up on the corridor wall, uh, where I was then subjected to quite a fair amount of ridicule by, by people oh. for the next couple of months. Uh, I don't remember the poem much, apart from that made the first two lines for something about, um, when I heard the news, I went into a rage. I wanted to lock you all in a cage. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was a callback to the pilot or just I couldn't think of anything else to rhyme with rage. But um, yeah, I was I kind of I, yeah the the idea of actually writing any Star Trek related poetry from then on would uh, was was that was uh, couldn't couldn't face it. But then you but guys I- came along and it, the whole thing has become so fresh and beautiful in my mind. Oh, thank you so much. Sorry, I wish you yeah. still had that poem. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> you could, thing. You could I, post I it on Twitter poem. and everyone would love it. You know, yeah. you would have found your audience. Uh, <laughs> they just weren't the right audience for that, <laughs> but it was lovely. But they definitely weren't the right audience. Right? <laughs> uh, and it, it's nice because everyone on Twitter is, there's loads of creativity and you see loads of fan art. And yeah. people, some people are just such phenomenal drawers so and can just talented. create this stuff, which is amazing. But I have got zero drawing skill. I'm like a stick figure kind of guy. <laughs> but poems and, you know, f- poems and some funny jokes I can just about manage. <laughs> and the other thing, you know, and I can talk about Star Trek and I can podcast. At least I feel like I'm doing something and, like, contributing to the sort of the franchise I love and the hullabaloo of everyone talking about Star Trek. And it's one of the things I can do. So it's nice yeah, to Ross. be able to join in. Ross is a wordsmith and he is the king of puns. <laughs> <laughs> I am not so much. I, I come up from, uh, at it from the other side. I'm a, I'm an engineer. <laughs> so writing poetry is stepping outside of my comfort zone, which I actually am really enjoying. You know, it's something it's, it's like, again, I'm just flexing different, 
muscles in mm. my brain that never get used. And I'm doing it on a subject that I love. So it's, 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 it's more of a challenge, but it's, it's, Ooh. I'm really enjoying it. It's really fun for me to try to <laughs> try to keep up with Ross, which is, I'm not going to do, but <laughs> your poems are particularly good. So don't, don't do that. I'm absolutely I was, loving it. I wasn't fishing, but thank you. <laughs> They're very good indeed. But it's fun. You, you make an interesting point there about how um, in in Star doing a Star Trek podcast feels like you're kind of joining in in some way in the in the in the Star Trek universe. Um, and I, I I think that that's how I feel about podcasting. Actually, you feel like you you kind of love you love Star Trek so much, and you want to talk about Star Trek and be in Star Trek. And one the one way you can kind of do that and create something around Star Trek is a it's a podcast, <clears throat> and that's it. that's yeah, and that's that's one reason why I think we we keep doing it. That's a really good point. Yeah, we're contributing in our own way <laughs> to that, and and I always feel good, you know, when I you know see that someone enjoyed listening to one of our episodes. I, I feel good, you know, like I gave something to. Uh, you know, to a Star Trek fan who I really, pre- someone I appreciate, you know, really appreciate. And, and I, it feels good that I could have, you know, entertained them for a little bit. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it is an enjoyable thing to do. Cause you're like, you're four people, you get together, you obviously have a great chat and a good time. And isn't it nice just to share that with other people and then get their feedback and, right. you know, Obviously, Rick, you've got a sideline in some in, in erotic erotic fiction. <laughs> uh, true, very but, true. But apart from that, <laughs> I, yeah, I have I have to I I, uh, I dabble in that myself. <laughs> oh, there's a, a frequent episodes I have to uh, to edit out. Just blow off steam because uh, we talk about Trip Tucker too much. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then our references to my Trip Tucker erotic poetry diary. Just before I came online. Well, you have one so. too. <laughs> Who Rick doesn't? Rick came online. Sorry came down and said, oh, that, that tweet that Jen shared about Trip Tucker being a fine apple was very funny. Like, you follow us on Twitter? I didn't even know that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! Uh, normally, I can tell my wife's read anything she's followed on my Twitter by the fact the eye rolls. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's it is great when you get that sort of feedback. Um, I try I try and make a point now every time I listen to a podcast to just go on and sort of tweet something I enjoy about it because I I know from this end how how important that is to, for uh, when you're doing that to sort of just get something back some yeah. sort of indication of it was it, it was enjoyable what what was enjoyable about it you know so it's, you know if you're doing something right it's nice to be told so. it is it is nice to hear about it. it is nice to hear that somebody's enjoyed listening mm. although part of me thinks even if i thought i mean i don't know I, I have to say i don't keep a track of how many people listen jen probably knows how many people listen i don't keep a track of it I do think even if it was just one person listening, I'd still do it. I'd still do the podcast because I really do enjoy doing it. Yeah. It, same here. It's 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 a nice bonus, you know, that, that people listen. But it's just so much. We have so, such fun conversations that 
you know, it's, it's, it is just a bonus to record it and share it. And it is a real laugh. And sometimes yeah. I feel like, you know, I don't know, because everyone's usually I'm recording, everyone's asleep. Um, right. But I feel like I've got to rain in the laughter a little bit so I wake everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, we, we've sort of, I've, I've definitely voiced a similar sentiment. It, ultimately, the podcast was only ever an excuse to just get together with, with these guys um, every yeah. so often and have a, an evening talk, talking about Star Trek. Um, the fact anyone listens to our, our ramblings and enjoys it is, is a massive bonus. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of, ultimately, it was, it, was, it was a very minor part of why we actually started it, or at least why I started it. These guys might be craving the listening figures. I don't know. So. <laughs> well, it, it comes across in your in your podcast too. You guys are just so genuine. Like it's just such a genuine conversation between obvious friends who enjoy are enjoying each other's company and enjoying the conversation, and it's relaxed like that. You know, which is it's why it's fun to listen to. You know, you feel like you're a part of the part of the group. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, was it? What's that? Uh, that meme where it, it's like, this is what listening to podcasts is like, and it's like a, a picture of, like, you're, I can't remember. Uh, uh, never mind. Cut that out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's some meme like that. It's like, like me and my friends, but it's like, just like a picture on the wall of like friends and like your, your next standing next to it. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I know you guys. I guess is a good way to put it. I feel like I know you guys, even though I've ne- you know never met, and and this is ostensibly you know like the first time we're we're actually chatting. But I listen to you guys, and and, and it's, yeah, uh... that that is weird, isn't it? Because yeah. I'd listened to these guys a lot before I actually spoke to them in real life, right? And I do. Maybe I feel like I get an extra buzz out of listening to their podcast now, having met them. Talking about this, they're not even here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I get a real buzz. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I know these guys. They're they're a great bunch, and yeah. here they are chatting about right. Star Trek. I'll definitely listen in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you guys have a really good atmosphere as well on Snap Track. That is just so laid back and easy to listen to. Um, so, <laughs> just thinking then, have, um, Russ and Jen, have you you've actually never met in person? No. no. Oh, We're across that? the pond, across the pond from each other. Yeah, it's the whole ocean. <laughs> you do have a really lo- a really nice rapport and a really great atmosphere on Snapchat. Was that? Was, I mean, was that? Did that feel weird going into that sort of doing that kind of conversation with someone you'd never actually met, or did you just kind of? Did it we, just work? We, did, we did like a video chat beforehand, didn't we? To like yeah. actually, you know, meet each other and have a chat and see if this was going to be a thing that we could actually do. Right. Well, it seemed. Seemed fine. Very, very <laughs> adequate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've gotten to become, you know, pretty good friends now, and you know, just, you know, as 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 it went along. But um, uh, uh, yeah, even at, it, even at first, it was pretty easy. Like, it just we just kind of clicked. Yeah. yeah, I think it's nice when you're talking to a nice person about something you love. It's it's yeah. easy, isn't it? It's 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 easy to have a chat, and Jen's a nice person to chat to, and. It's fun. Oh, same. Oh no, I was just gonna say it, it seems like everybody um, is just as nice in real life as they are on their podcast. You know, it seems, it seems like mm. like everyone, every, everyone's kind of being their genuine selves. 
at least at least on ten backward and, <laughs> and hopefully Snapchat, you know. <laughs> it might, it might gonna... seem like that, but I don't know. I mean, the real Rick Everson is a is a dark <laughs> twisted soul. Those <laughs> not Rick very, Prime, very mirror Rick. That was true. <laughs> <laughs> he actually hates Star Trek in real life. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think it does make a difference if you listen to a podcast and you you can tell that the people talking all like are all friends and they all kind of get on. Mm. And I think that that frees you up a little bit to kind of push the conversation a bit further than you might otherwise do. I don't mean like, you know, have a full on argument. <laughs> that, does that does happen. Occasionally we disagree on, on 10 backwards. I think that that, you know, it, I hate that that doesn't feel uncomfortable because it doesn't feel uncomfortable when mm. we're when we're doing it. And I think that's the that's the the good thing about sort of podcasting with friends that you you maybe couldn't do in like a sort of an interview situation with you know like someone you didn't know. Mm. Right, and a disagreement's not always an argument. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of you know it's okay to have different opinions and disagree. And, and to know, discuss the pros and cons of something and to, right, right. you know, well, what about this and what about that? Because we, we were talking about whether Picard and Kamala had had a romantic liaison. <laughs> and at the end, we decided, you know, we, we you convinced me, I think, of your point of view. But then you put the poll out there and the poll supports your view. Yeah. That uh, Picard and Kamala, you know. <laughs> drank, drank the old grey tea together. <laughs> is that clip? Is that clip in um, in the opening of um, of our podcast where Picard goes, "Oh yes," and <laughs> I think that that's that's the all the answer you need. <laughs> yeah, obvious. <laughs> Ross and Jen, do you want to let everyone know what your how people can get in touch with you? And where they can find your podcast? Yes, uh, you can find our podcast on Twitter at Snaptrack, and we always look forward to hearing people's Star Trek poetry, as we've discussed, but also ideas for episode comparisons or your opinions on what we said about our comparisons or things that we picked. Um, and you can just get in touch with me. Oh, I hate saying it out loud; it makes it just sounds terrible. I'm Taborg. At strtrk seventeen oh one. I'm also on Twitter. I'm at edequarks, and like Ross said, we're open to any and all feedback and anything else. We we love talking Trek as as we've you know been talking here and join us. <laughs> and I I only call myself Taborg because I once heard you you say my Twitter. I once heard Rick Palmer say my Twitter handle on your episode. And he said he called me Taborg, and I was like, "Oh, that's how it must be said." <laughs> having having never said it out loud, I was like, "Oh, that's it, is it? All right then." And I've I've run with that. And then uh, I think Jim mentioned it on one of on uh, Trek Ranks once. He's like, "What a terrible handle this guy's got." And I was like, "He's right, it's awful." <laughs> but I, I can't change it now. I'm, you can't I'm, change it. I now. can't change it. Otherwise, you know, it's, I can't ever give up. Must must push on through. Just deal with this terrible handle. 
<laughs> and and I I do think of you every time I accidentally misspell the word the. <laughs> Such like, a oh Ross. So <laughs> I didn't even mean to spell it like that the first time. That was a complete accident. And then it's just going back and undoing stuff, isn't it? Who's got time for that? I was just going to say, clearly Jen was anticipating she might read her Twitter handle out on audibly now and again and didn't, didn't decide to put, do away with the vowels. Never so. once considered it would be said out loud. <laughs> that never crossed my mind when I set it up. Yeah, I kind of lucked out. Mine, mine was made for advertising. Yours is just perfect. <laughs> it's an advertisement, right? <laughs> for Quarks, but not Come for Come to me. Quarks. Quarks is fun. <laughs> All right. Um, well... Thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, it's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, thank so you for th- having us. And th- and congratulations on 100 episodes. I can't believe it. Wow. Fantastic. Well done, guys. Cool. I know. Thank you. Who'd have thought we'd have stuck at it this long? <laughs> well, we're glad you did. <laughs> Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition. You haven't noticed that bum? What? Bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdecksradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at ten backward, ten being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name 10 Backward. Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that 10 backward 10 backward